Hey everyone, welcome to episode 18 of the Antler Up podcast. And on today's episode, I'm joined by fellow Antler Up members, Dimitri and Mike. And we talk about Dimitri's uh, snowbird from this past Saturday, so his hunting success for turkey hunting. We recap Mike and my uh, turkey hunts that we've done the past two weeks, and also get into some strategies we use when completing e-scouting. Uh, just because we wanted to cover some of the things that we've been having success with, especially during these, this time of turkey season and just some of the things that we're finding in uh, out on the field when we're putting the electronic scouting uh, to work and then putting that to boots on the ground and just seeing what we come up with. We kept this one short and sweet and I hope you really enjoy it. There is towards the end, I do apologize because there is a little audio malfunction. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll get that all squared away for next week. But as always, a big thank you to all of you for the continued support and especially from all of our partners. Make sure to check them all out over on our website at antlerup.outdoors.com. Under our partners page, you'll see the list there. Check them out. They're wonderful people. They help us. They support us. But they also uh, do some amazing things in, in the industry. And I think, you know, a lot of you uh, already probably use the stuff. But, you know, make sure uh, to check them out as well. Again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Until next time, Antler Up. So Onyx is the number one hunting app that lets you know exactly where you stand. And while Dimitri and I were on birds, we walked just shy of 11 miles. We tracked our distance by using the tracker tool in our Onyx Hunt app. When you pull up the app on the bottom right corner, tap that tracker and you'll be able to see the distance that you travel. This tool could be used for recovering, tracking an animal, or just like how we used it to see where we are and where we were going. This is just one small, awesome feature of the app. So go on to onxmaps.com and download the number one hunting app. Big Sky Rent allows you to rent premium camping, fishing, and hunting gear at such an affordable price. It allows you to free up space in your garage or whatever closet, and it makes the most of your living space. So instead of spending thousands of dollars on that spotting scope that you use just one time during the year, head over to BigSkyRent.com and you could just rent it. You have the options to get it sent to your house or to where you're going. Once you're finished with it, you ship it back. That simple, that easy. Check out Big Sky has to offer on their website over at BigSkyRent.com and use code ANTLERUP10 to save some money. Are you looking for a new broadhead this upcoming season? Well, don't waste any more time searching or reading the forums to see uh, which flies better, mechanical or fixed, all that stuff. Go straight to severbroadheads.com and buy the best broadheads that fly straight, cut, cut massive holes, and is a cost effective for you. Take it from us when we say these are the best heads that we have ever shot through our bows. Great group of people and a great product. So check out severbroadheads.com. Looking to deck out your bow with a great set of new custom strings? And if so, now's the time because you got to check out America's Best Bow Strings. Their Platinum Series strings are what I run on my Matthews VXR28 and love everything about them from the custom color to the performance. The technology and the quality of these strings are what stands out the most. The Platinum Series strings now come with a two-year warranty and the Premium come with a one-year warranty. But regardless, they will still have the same unmatched quality and performance. So check them out over at americasbestbowstrings.com. And the other day here in Pennsylvania, we had like a glimpse of what summer, I guess, could be because it was in that low 70s already. Uh, and I busted out the new Ash Gray First Light Guide shorts. These shorts are probably the most comfortable shorts that I own uh, because of that four 
for that ultra durable four-way stretch nylon uh, and it also it has that dwr uh, water uh, resistant material to fend off uh, water and also like brush uh, without that range of motion so they're extremely comfortable uh, you can wear them out fishing hiking or even on on the night on the town uh, with the missus so check out these shorts over at firstlight.com Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. We are on episode 18. Uh, I have Dimitri and Mike on the line. We're going to talk about our this past couple of weeks of what we got going on for turkey hunting, uh, as well as some scouting and stuff. And uh, this past weekend, which was uh, the 9th, uh, Dimitri got a snowbird because uh, here in central Pennsylvania, we got a nice little dusting of snow. So early on, when we get into it, I'm going to talk about, uh, hopefully Dimitri will even bring it up about how we were kind of looming glooming as we were walking back. And then next thing you know, we boom, we hit the spot that we, he wanted to. And uh, we got, well, I wouldn't, I would say we, we got lucky in the sense of uh, catching some bunch of turkey from a distance and in and he went and he, he made the move so uh welcome guys i'm pumped to have you guys on i love having uh what we talked about last week of having some video so we're able to see each other and uh kind of feed off that so that's fun and exciting and we have a lot going on a lot come to talk about i guess with the hunts and what we got uh in the next couple of weeks as well so what's up boys what's going on what's doing oh man living the dream well you know, let's get right into it uh, just because it's been just a couple days and it's fresh on our minds. We could get Dimitri to talk about that nice snowbird that he got here in Pennsylvania, hard earned and uh, man, two, two times out and I'm like going three times a week out and I, I'm, I'm, I keep getting the shaft and hung up on birds and second time out was a charm for Dimitri, dude. Yeah, I know the, the first weekend opening day, we were, we were close and we were almost able to seal the deal on opening day, which was pretty, pretty cool. I never done that before, but it was kind of frustrating all week for me, kind of dwelling on my mind about getting a little bit closer and better view of that bird while we were trying to set up. So I kind of constantly all week was kind of beating myself up about that and replaying that scenario in my head as I normally do and trying to rethink of what, what we could have done differently. And, you know, if I would have moved up, would I have spooked that bird to begin with, or would I have got a better shot or been a little bit closer to that bird to get that shot? So I kind of been thinking about that all week and came to be Friday since I've been working. So Saturday's the only chance that I can get out. Uh, we weren't able to really roost any birds that day. Friday afternoon, it started just snowing up here on the mountain. I mean, it was coming down hard and for the middle of may that's very unusual yeah no and that was the thing for looking at it beforehand you know we even i mentioned to you about talking to my dad and he was just like man it's gonna be tough with the with the snow moving in and the wind and everything and uh you know he wished us a good luck and i remember even waking up that morning on saturday and my wife just saying to me like are you sure you're going out in this i'm like yeah we gotta you know you only get so many days to hunt so uh even though now it's a lot more than than usual just because of what is happening but at the same time it's you only get so many days to to get out there and make the most out of it and boy we did and you know, we talked about, it. I messaged you and I just said, Hey, what, what time do you want me up, up at the house? And you said four 30. Um, you know, I, I was only able to hunt until, uh, 10 30 that day. It just seems like every day I got something going on, but, um, you know, at least the opportunity to, to, to make that 
done beforehand, which was awesome. Go ahead and and uh, run us through what you were talking about with the how the day kind of started and with everything. Yeah, like I said, so we weren't able to to roost any birds the night before just because it was just downpour snowing. So I kind of had to rely on a lot of my scouting I did online uh, during the week. So during my lunch breaks, I would pull up Onyx maps and, and try to find some different spots that we could get to. And I was looking for a lot of ridges that we could uh, set up on top. And then that way uh, we could get above a lot of the birds in it instead of trying to call them uh, a lot of the times we set up in the bottoms trying to pull those birds down which we make the mistakes a lot of times and you know I, I didn't really know that strategy a whole lot you know when I was growing up until you know I came across a lot more content so now when I do my scouting I try to know when I get there in the morning I want to be kind of at the high points that way if I, I see a bird I can set up on them above him and then that way those birds off the roost we're gonna go up or up on those high points and that way they can gobble and try to collect some of the hens so kind of use that strategy to my advantage as i was checking out spots on the onyx map and i was dropping pins like crazy throughout the week and yeah i was texting you about them and and saying i found all these spots that i really want to check out so as i was excited about saturday i i knew that we had some good locations set up, but uh, checking the weather, it was pretty crazy. We uh, saw that it was going to be about 25 degrees first thing in the morning. And <laughs> yep. like you like you said, I, I it wasn't ideal weather, but I, when you only get to hunt one day a week on Saturday mornings till noon, I'm going to be out there in the woods until noon and make the most of it because you can't kill a turkey if you're not in the woods. And you never know what could happen and it's found out to be pretty successful. So, you know, I wasn't very optimistic, but you know, I'm always grateful a day I can just get out in the woods. Yeah, no. And that's the thing, like you and I we were walking and your dad was next to us and we're, we're going up that one road, that one path of everything. And man, it was whipping and we were, it was great, you know, country in a sense of what we were, you know, visually we're like, okay. And we saw lots of tracks, uh, a lot of sign, uh, man, we even saw at one point within like a one foot radius, a turkey track, a deer track and a coyote track, you know? So that was kind of cool and unique, but yeah, man, I just, uh, uh, I just don't know what, it was just such a cool experience just because we were walking and we're like, man, this really sucks. <laughs> you know, it was so cold, the wind, uh, the walk sucked just because of, of the elevation and everything of, of just what we were rucking up and down. And the, like we were saying, just the snow. Um, but then, uh, we had that opportunity where we just tried a different spot. And I mean, you know, like I said, in the post on Instagram, on social media, you know, you've been putting in the work, uh, and that's the thing for, you know, we'll, we'll be trying to figure that out as we get ready for, for Utah is doing a lot of e-scouting and, you know, we'll talk about that here during the podcast, but, um, I mean, that played a role of getting ready. And once we did catch on some bird, it was, is exactly where we've been looking and trying and, you know, uh, we just got lucky enough that we were in the right place at the right time. And then, you know, you did, we got lucky that we saw it, but then at the same time, I mean, you, you did uh, a great job calling and you didn't overcall, you did what you needed to do. So like run through that kind of scenario, just because it happened really fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the morning didn't really pan out. I mean, the, it was a beautiful sunrise, even though it was 25 degrees, uh, 
and we weren't sure how the birds were going to respond first thing in the morning with that cold weather and a little bit of wind. I didn't, I didn't think that they would gobble off the roost, but uh, we went into that spot and didn't pan out the first spot, but I mean, we, we gave, gave it a try and, and then we hit our next spot. But as we were going into that second spot, we, we caught birds at a distance. So we knew that they were in there. We weren't sure uh, exactly what was in there. We knew there was at least a small flock of them. So we came up with a game plan, which was important to know the terrain, even through e-scouting, uh, to know how to set up on these birds, just because we weren't going to be able to see them the entire time uh, that we were moving towards them. We wanted to circle around and get a little bit above them. So it was important to know that terrain and, and know how we can uh, set up on these birds. So I'm glad that I, was, I did a lot of that research beforehand. So we were able to circle around these birds and we kind of figured that we were probably within 50 to 80 yards of these birds. So we had to sneak and I actually, you and I were crawling up to the tree that we wanted to get into and you were behind me a little bit with the camera. So once I, we set up, I, I gave a couple soft uh, cuts and a couple yelps with our mouse calls and uh, no response, but we knew that they were in the area. So we were going to be a little bit patient and see what happened. And about every 10 to 15 minutes, I would give another call. And I probably did that probably for about three sequences. And I, I look up and I'm just slowly scanning. And I, with the snow, it was really easy to see. It was almost like deer hunting when you'd rather a little bit of snow. I mean, a big brown spot sticks out quite a bit in the snow. Well, a big black spot being a turkey stood out as well. So I wasn't able to distinguish whether it was a turkey or a stump, but it just looked out of place. So I just kind of stayed still. And we all know how a turkey will not move. And, you know, you're looking for maybe that head to turn, but there was a stick in the way for me to see above what I thought was either a turkey or a stump to see if there was a head. And I thought I could see a little bit of a red tint, but I wasn't sure. And it wasn't moving. And it was probably five minutes of it just standing there, probably out at about 60 yards. And uh, I wasn't sure. And I didn't want to call. Um, then eventually that bird started to move and, uh, it was kind of moving to my right. And I knew Jeremy with the camera wasn't able to see the bird at the point just because we were in some thick ter terrain. Um, so it was a lot of tree, heavy treed and the bird was moved to my right, which is the opposite side Jeremy was on and he came in. And I could see his beard flicking as he was passing trees. So I knew it was a Tom and it was a good bird. And he was came in to about 40, 40 yards and stopped again. And I, I don't know if he saw the decoy that we had out. We had a Jake decoy or if he saw me. Um, and he was right at about, I think we measured it to be about 42 or 43 yards. But I mean, I could perfectly see his head and, uh, it was a little longer shot than I wanted to take, but I think that he would either skirt it around us out of range or he would have kind of took off the other way. I just, he kind of seemed it alerted a little bit. So I uh, took the shot. I mean, I had a good clean shot 
uh, and he went down. I mean, it was, it was that fast. Like you said, I mean, we just set up on these birds. He came in quiet. We didn't even, uh, wasn't sure that he was going to come in. Um, but that just shows that you just got to keep after him. And I'll tell you what, those honey hole game calls, I really like those calls a lot. I mean, I'm no, I'm an amateur when it comes to mouth calling, but those calls I feel very confident with and they're very easy to use. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, that's something too that, you know, I've even said about myself just because I'm so, so green when it comes to the mouth calling and I find it pretty easy using those. But I mean, I will even get into it because when we talk about a little bit from my hunts this past couple, this you know, last two weeks and as a quick wrap up in a sense, but, uh, that bird, like you said, came in silent. I mean, I was maybe 13, 15 yards behind you, like catty corner and that little bit, kind of like at seven o'clock to you. And I saw you getting a little bit, you know, ready. And I'm like, just searching like where what's he seeing what's he seeing what's he seeing and i look down for like a split second and i just hear bang (laughs) i get out you know and next thing you know what i see you going and um you know boom i saw the flop and done you know and it was just uh like you said man it happened really really fast and uh the silent thing is what is uh i mean obviously you hear i'm it, it's it's nothing new you know turkeys could come in silent and and could be breaking off the flock or whatever um but man that's just something where like you said they they sneak up on you and that's something for me that i'm learning uh just because again just not have been able to that opportunity to get out so much but man i i'm the today really whipped, whipped me pretty good um just because of what i was able to see in the woods but uh, you know, I'm trying to learn from like what you did on Saturday. And I think like, just how you were saying, just so, like, stay there, stay put soft call. And, and that's where I think like you had that perfect game plan because we did, I think everything correct. Even last the first day, you know, we just got that bird just hung up on us. Um, you know, I think you did everything correct. And I, and then looking forward to like this past Saturday, then you capitalized on it. Uh, so that was just a really, really cool experience. Just a, a, a beautiful, beautiful bird. Uh, and to, to be there, that, that was pretty, pretty neat, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice Turkey. It was about eight and a half inch beard that we measured, uh, three quarter inch spurs. I mean, just a great mountain, uh, gobbler to take here in Pennsylvania. And, you know, I think we get caught up a lot of the times, and I, I, I heard an expert talk about this. Uh, Mark Jury talked a little bit on the Wired Hunt podcast is, is a lot of times we want to hear that gobble and, and respond back to us just because that's what gets us excited about turkey hunting. And, you know, for me, I, I really like the run and gun. So I like to kind of cover a lot of ground real fast and, you know, try to get that gobble. But, you know, a lot of the times a turkey may be interested in your call, but he may not gobble. So, you know, if you don't sit there and set up for at least 20 to 30 minutes, you may be missing out on a lot of turkeys. And, you know, I'd even do it myself. I think sometimes you just got to be a little bit more patient in the turkey woods. And we always see videos of, you know, everyone, uh, calling to a turkey and it gobbling its head off and double gobbling and triple gobbling and coming in and you know that gets us excited but sometimes especially when you're hunting pressured birds and 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 especially in this area where there's a high coyote density 
they may not always gobble coming in, not because they don't like your call, because they're worried about other other predators knowing where they are. So they're going to come into that silence. So I think patience in the turkey woods comes a long way. And sometimes we lose sight of that, which we saw on Saturday, which is a huge key in our success that day. So, you know, it was awesome to get that bird down and, and uh, run and after it, that's always an exciting, you know, thing just to make sure I knew it was a longer shot. So I, I wanted to get on that bird pretty, pretty quickly just to make sure that it was a lethal hit. And it was, but uh, great hunt and, you know, it was beautiful. And then we actually heard a, a shock gobble off of my, yeah. my shot, which was only what, maybe another 50 yards away yeah. from the, where the turkey was. Yeah. Um, so we took some pictures of the turkey and got it tagged and and then we kind of tried to circle around and to the flock and but i think that other gobbler was just hand up a little bit too much to come off those hens and so he wasn't wasn't able to get him to come in that day or even gobble so kind of had to move on from that bird as well yeah man that's awesome so tagged out you got the the, the buck the doe during archery you got the turkey first what second sit and then uh you know like i said to you the other day you're just missing that bear <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i know i was only i didn't actually uh get out for bear this year so it was the first year in a long time i actually wasn't able i was hunting and when we could hunt in deer season and in archery but as a, the actual beer bear season i wasn't able to get out my dad's group actually they did get one this year but uh yeah i'm having a heck of a year so i i can't complain and you know it's got the ball rolling going into you know 2020 year so pretty excited about that yeah man antler up dude that's awesome that's what it's about well i uh you know i i want to just dive into a little bit deeper with the whole e-scouting a little bit you know that's just something again i think played a huge role into uh you know again just setting us up for success and you up uh, for success for you know all three of us really when you think about it throughout the year um you know that's something where we've talked about it countless of times amongst each other and you know like you said we're sharing things of you know waypoints and just ideas and all that type of stuff like what do you think of this um you know one of my favorite parts of the day is when i do get a text from you dimitri and you're like just scouted 18 more spots <laughs> you know and yeah. you know you know what can we tell jared that we need to add on to onyx just because it's just what we're what, what you know it's just what we love and uh our passion and stuff but um you know, let's just kind of look at it in, this, in the grand scheme of things. Like what are, you know, it could be deer, it could be turkey. You know, you could even talk about like what species, um, what are some of the main things that you are looking for just to, you know, even help somebody out that is, you know, doing it already that maybe could give a little pointer or just someone that has no clue to some of our listeners. So when I'm looking at the Onyx maps and what I will do is I will put it on the topo setting just because I want to see, you know, what the ridges are and what the terrain and the, the height of each of the, the ridges and see where that height change changes and then actually where the, the, um, the, the ridges come to either a point or that they kind of round a little bit just because when we're hunting big mountain woods, there's no fields or there's not a lot of feeding area specifically that they're heading to. So they're either eating acorns or, or saplings. Um, so basically you're not, 
going to know exactly what their travel patterns are going to be. So you got to kind of see where the bucks want to bed in these big mountains and on the ridges. And you also want to know, you know, where they're going to travel as far as like benches and ridges on the side of these hills. So what I'm looking for is like a knob on a, on a map. So almost like a semicircle or a point that the ridge comes to. And a lot of the times these bucks will bed three quarters of the way up on these knobs. So those are the kind of the spots that I'm looking for. And that way I'll drop a pin on that three quarters of the way up on the ridge. And then when we go in to scout it, we'll kind of do a circle and kind of grid search that area and just kind of look for the sign once we're in there, whether we see rubs or scrapes or bedding uh, or even sheds as well. So that's kind of what I'm initially looking for when I look at the map. Yeah. And that's something too, like Mike, that you even have done this past, you know, last week when you're up out with your, your, your dad turkey hunting and, you know, we'll get into that, but you know, later on and you texted me, we we're like, Hey man, this was great because I got a chance to go back out in the afternoon to go scout around a little bit. Um, you know, that's kind of the same stuff that you, you know, you're doing as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I found out, you know, more and more you can utilize this, this map, you know, tool, uh, to your, to your advantage. And, you know, it's not just about like even just marking, you know, like the beds, the rubs, the scrapes, but, you know, even boundaries, you know, just going through how the properties that I hunt, uh, both both areas, but right up against the public land. And sometimes when you're in there, you can kind of kind of lose your way a little bit, you know, to make sure that, you know, am I on the private land? Am I on, you know, I'm on the public side. And, you know, once you come across like a stake in the ground or a marker, you know, the first thing I do is, you know, just mark that pin and, you know, just so I know, uh, you know, when I'm walking through, I, I just can ha almost have like a, a roadmap for myself to get to the areas that I want to go to. And, you know, just when I texted you last weekend, you know, when I was up on the uh, on the public land side in that, you know, in the afternoon, you know, looking at the maps, you know, I would have never gauged that 20 yards from where I marked a pin, there was a water source, you know, and so and the first thing I did was like trekked over there, I, you know, marked it, you know, we found a couple, you know, couple spots where uh some you know some deer were bedded down and you know we tagged those on the maps and the first thing i did was you know we shared them with my father and his hunting circle that goes up there so um yeah i mean it's it's really changing how i'm gonna approach you know the 2020 season um you know every you know we know that i'm gonna get more mobile this year and um you know definitely try to you know increase my uh my chances of uh you know of harvesting something uh you know, and, and utilizing that map is, you know, to Dimitri's point, you know, you know, using the topography, you know, the further I go back in to that public land side, the more, you know, rugged the terrain becomes, the thicker, right, right. you know, the woods become. And you don't you can't really gauge that, you know, um, without that topography. So you, you at least I have a, you know, like a heads up before I'm even going right. in there. So right. no, absolutely. And that's something, too, where as you know, again, you're not green to being outdoors. You're, you're, you know, you're growing and developing as a hunter and as an archer and everything. But, uh, it's something like that. I even said to countless of times, even on here where it's just a, a helpful tool to give you that little bit of confidence. You know, one thing too, that like Dimitri and I have done is we go out and we'll scout it now or whenever we have that opportunity and we could cross things off the list where we could be like, okay, we definitely did that. We checked it out. We either saw four, 
five different tree stands that were left up when they shouldn't have been. And, but, you know, but again, it's, it's almost helpful because we now know, okay, this is not, this is a heavily pressured area. Uh, we're not going to get up in here. We're not going to waste time doing all this type of stuff. So, uh, it's, it, it goes amongst those different things. And that's something too, to kind of go off of what both of you said, where I was looking, you know, for in years past going hunting on, on private land up at the club, I always just went up and my dad, we, we'd say, Hey, this is a good area. This is where we've always see see deer. And lo and behold, it was always true, but I wanted to kind of dive in just a little bit deeper. I wanted to just say, where could I constantly, or where could I get a transition area? Like, where are they coming up from? And, you know, we, we always looked at certain things and he would say, they come up through this way. Okay. So like, I just looked at the map, like Dimitri said, where, where on does that topo like change, you know, where, where's those ridges, where's those knobs. And then that's where, again, this past year, when I looked at it, we scouted it and I had that general area. And then that's what ended up happening. Um, you know, and that's why it felt so good to me personally was because of putting in that a little bit of work and putting the boots to the ground and checking out, making sure like it hit the check mark, you know, it, it checked the boxes off. Um, you know, and that's just something too, where Demetri, like you could elaborate on too, like where you got your buck. I mean, that, that's a huge thing that you, you went in blind and, you know, everybody talks about it. usually that first time you're up in a tree stand, you're going to have success. And one, you did. And two, but you looked at it pre, pre, you know, pre-scouted just by on your phone and we're like, yeah, this looks like a pretty good spot. And boom, it was. Yeah. A lot of times I, I, I personally have a lot of success on benches on ridges. So basically not on top of the ridge, not at the bottom of the ridge, but if you find, you know, a, a 40 to 60, uh, yard with bench, uh, that the deer like to travel back and forth that way on these big mountains that they have a little bit of cover of something that they don't like is on top with the wind in their favor can smell that area, but they can also either see down below. And if there's uncomfortable, they have a lot of escape route. So, you know, it's not, real why uh a lot of danger around them they can cover the whole ground especially with their vision and then they use the wind to their advantage as well so i had a lot of success so that's kind of what i look for on the map and and also you know you got to be efficient in your hunting especially when you're not able to hunt every day so basically if you're a weekend warrior like most of us with normal jobs you know, you don't want to just go into a spot. You maybe you e-scout and it looked really good, but a lot of the times you also need to get some footwork out there just to see what that's like, just because you're not going into a sit and wasting a sit on an area that's not very good. Because, you know, like you said, we went into that spot, looked great on the map. I was really excited about it. We went in there, looked we saw what true trail cameras, several tree stands. There wasn't much bedding there wasn't it was real open and we didn't like it at all so we knocked that off the list and you know moved on to our next spot so you know to be an efficient hunter if you're not able to be out there all the time you got to use all the tools that you have marking spots going out and scouting them that way you can make the most of every sit that you have that way you're going to be a lot more successful in the end Right now, does anything change for you? Like while you're like, while you were looking for some Turkey stuff coming up right now compared to, to deer, uh, 
with the turkeys, not so much the knobs uh, as much as just looking for big ridges that turkeys are going to want to uh, roost on uh, more towards the top. Uh, they're going to like the higher terrain as well. But as far as turkey scouting, I'm looking for the long ridges and, you know, heavy covered bigger trees that they're going to want to roost on uh, compared to where with the deer. I'm looking for a little bit more, like I said, those knobs or, or big uh, terrain features that maybe be pinch points for the deer and move them in certain directions. Right. I mean, that's something too. Again, I just kind of wanted to talk about that just because of your success with turkey hunting, you know, Mike, what you were doing last week and heck, it's even something that we do constantly when, whenever we're just out and about, um, you know, with, with scouting and marking things on our, on our apps. And it's something too, for the three of us that all of us are going to have out of state hunts this year. You know, we're going to Ohio, we're going to Utah, we're going to New York. It's just, you know, who knows where, what, what's in store, uh, you know, for, especially, you know, I joke a little bit of what some of the guys that we've previously had on the, the podcast, just because I'm like, man, if, if we don't go back to school right away and we go virtually, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> bouncing around buying a bunch of different tags, just uh, go out for some whitetail, you know, but I don't know, but that, I doubt that will happen. But, you know, I just, it's something that, again, it's a useful tool. I think it could help any, like any hunter out there of whatever level, if you're brand new, it could, it's just going to enhance you, even if you don't know what you're doing. You know, even if it's just saying I could put on the tracker, I know I could go in a little bit further than I'm used to going and feel comfortable because I now know I could come back out just by using the GPS. And again, for me, that was even a big thing to get over that hump just where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. I, I feel like I'm, I'm far away from everything, but you know, in reality, I, I wasn't. And it just gave me that little bit of a confident boost. So I think, you know, as a new hunter for anybody out there that could be, uh, you know, definitely use that as a tool. So, I mean, that could, we could go on and on about, you know, e-scouting and stuff. I'm sure we'll, we'll hit more about that as, as, as we get going, but Mike, talk a little bit about even, uh, how your turkey hunt went for the first time. How, yeah, how first time out, <laughs> how, how was that, man? And for our last break of the day, let's thank our partners over at Stoker Eye Stabilizers. And, uh, you know, I've been talking about this now for the last couple of weeks, and I've been noticing it the past couple uh, times I've been going out to shoot at a little bit at further distance uh, about my new micro diameter stabilizer. I'm running the 14 inch SS1, so it's the one single bar that has uh, uh, some weight up front has weight in the rear. Uh, but what I've been playing with is, is how many weights that I have on it for each side. And man, my distance shooting is getting a lot better. Uh, feeling a lot more steady at, at, at full draw. So check out what Stoker Eyes has to offer. Again, personally, I've noticed the benefits in the, and especially with this specific one. Uh, so check out stokerized.com proudly made in USA and uh, great people again love that we have their support so check them out over at stokerize.com so uh yeah so the the night before uh we went out uh my father uh he was just sitting out in the backyard and he was just uh you know hitting the call and uh we had one going pretty crazy uh just up the hill from from the back of the house and you know he said you 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 know you might want to get out as early as you can He's like, because I got one, you know, that's, that's off his rocker right now. He's, you know, he's kind of, he's, he's not sure what's going on. So I said, all right. So, uh, you know, I made sure I headed out there as early as possible. And before I got up, you know, uh, up to his house, 
my father had gone out early in the morning just to to see if they've come off roost yet and threw a couple calls out there and sure enough he, he heard them up in the back of the back of the hill so you know we uh we kind of went in or not how we normally would go up towards the top of the ridge we came in kind of like a towards the uh the one of the corners of my father's property and uh not to try and spook him so we get in he throws out a call and you can tell he's still you know still a little ways up and i'm like uh, as, as i kid you not it was like my first time out there whitetail hunting you know the <laughs> hair was just hearing that gobble come back like the hair on the back of my neck was going and i was like wow this is this is so cool and you know i didn't think you know, being in my tree stand during whitetail season, you know, you see turkey walking around and it's like, you don't really think much of them because that's not really what you're out there for as cool as they are to see. But, you know, to know that now you're hunting them and then you're, you're like engaged with them. It was actually a pretty cool experience. So that's we start awesome. pushing up. Yeah. We start pushing up on the hill a little bit and we found, we found a spot where we have our, our ground blind. We have like a man-made ground blind that we sit in sometimes and so we just waited it out a little bit, about 15, 20 minutes go by. We throw out another call and we can still hear him. He comes starting to come in a little closer and he's definitely engaged. And, you know, we waited a little while longer, maybe another 15 minutes, uh, threw out a couple calls and, you know, nothing, nothing came back at us. And I don't know if it was me because I'm using, you know, I'm not familiar with all the turkey calls yet so i'm using you know the idiot box you know the box call because it's the easiest way to do it so um so I, I don't know if, if if it was that or if you just you know was losing interest but so we sat we sat for about another you know 10 minutes or so and and sure enough we hear some you know a little bit of ruffling up you know just ahead of us and my father throws out another call and sure enough you know coming up at the crest of that ridge you can see, like, you know, to Dimitri's point earlier, was it a stump? You know, is it, <laughs> you know, is it a turkey? Is it, you know, is it something else? And, you know, I didn't want to move too much, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that's as close as I think he got. Um, but, you know, just, just to be out there and just to experience that and, you know, it, it actually engaged me enough to, to, to want me to go back out. So I'm that's hoping cool. Saturday I can get back out again. And, you know, and, and now that, you know, Dimitri's taken us through, you know, what he went through and, you know, hearing how you're coming along with, you know, and your progression, you know, that's going to motivate me to want to keep pursuing, you know, Turkey now, you know, yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, it, it was, you know, like starting all over again, you know, and, and, uh, I was really excited. So looking forward to my next time out for sure. Awesome, man. Well, that's what, I mean, even to piggyback off you. So last week when I was able to get out, uh, like during the week, I, I didn't really have any, I didn't have any encounters. I just, I heard a bunch of gobbles, uh, and kind of like what Dimitri was saying, running and gunning. And, uh, I would set up, wait about, you know, heck I was even able to do like a 30 minute and then nothing. And then if something, someone would, you know, something, uh, would fire up another one behind me X amount of yards, I'd get set up a different way. And, uh, so I, I hunted Monday, Thursday, Friday, and just kind of the same old, same old, I didn't come across any Turkey, uh, did not see one physically, uh, they were nearby. And, uh, I actually know it was, it was a Friday that I had that hand. Come by. Yeah. So I did have a hand come, uh, when I was set up at one spot and he was the gobbler behind her was just hammering and she just, uh, he, it was pretty close. And I would say I, if I do get a bird, man, I do hope he comes in silent and just scares the shit out of me. So that way I don't get nervous because that was the first time where 
like you said, Mike, that gobble hit. And I was like, I was nervous. Like I could yeah. actually, I was shaking a little bit. I was like, okay, buck fever all over again. <laughs> buck buck you know? fever, Tom fever. Yeah, right? Tom fever. How about it? And that's, you know, so for me, I was like, oh man, here we go. And so I was getting excited, getting pumped. I got the camera ready and I could just see the, the hand just peeking over. And she just kept going to eating and went back because he hammered again to a couple crow calls that were, you know, just some crows that were flying around. Dimitri's hunt happened Saturday. Awesome hunt. We got great footage, great pictures, all that. So then yesterday, Monday being the 11th, it rained here all day. And I did not want to go out. I wanted to kind of just give it a little bit of a rest. I wanted to catch up on sleep a little bit. I wanted to just let it go and, and not get in the rain. Uh, so then fast forward to today, uh, I knew Tuesday, Wednesday, are, we're going to be my best days this week to get out there in a week, not because of war commitments. And even though I, I can't hunt all day, I could still get into hopefully maybe prime time of getting off the roost, all that type of stuff. So I do have that, that opportunity. So today, fast forward, I'm in the blind. Uh, I hear a gobble way, way down, uh, off on private property. And it was just one time. And I actually did not give a bunch of different calls. I kind of played it cool. I gave a bunch of soft calls. I, cut a little bit and then next thing you know it uh i just i hear actually something because i was in the blind i hear something a little bit behind me like ruffling up the leaves and i couldn't look because i had that side closed and as it was like three minutes go by i i look and i see movement out in the timber across the the field and i, I i'm looking i'm like that's a that's a gobbler and then next thing you know it i see that it, it red head and that it's a you know it's a nice tom because his his beard started flicking and man it was a nice rope on him and uh when i ranged him i had my bow and did not have the gun because i was in the blind i wanted to test my luck with the bow this time just to see if fortunes could change a little bit and when i was looking i ranged he did not come into the decoys whatsoever uh, i had a jake decoy not even full strut just kind of puffed up and uh, i have a lying hen and then i have like a feeding hen out he did not come out he looked just went off his way and just slowly walked down the the ridge where i'm sure either he came from or where kind of his going through his routine just because it was kind of the time frame where i've been chasing these birds and i think it's the same bird that i've been hearing and uh yeah so it was a fun interesting hunt i was kind of kicking myself because when i ranged it it was about 55 60 yards uh maybe he was a little bit closer than that and i think if i would have had the shotgun uh just because of the openings that i had i think i could have taken a crack but i don't know man it was it was tough it was tough to see that rope dangling and, and watching him walk away for sure i think a lot of people don't realize turkey hunting's a lot harder than then it looks, we see a lot of videos online and people are running into the decoys and then they shoot it. I think a lot we, we take for granted how turkeys can be and it's not as easy as it looks. So a lot of the times it's, it's a, get them to, you know, especially as the season goes on, it, it, it creates a lot more challenges as well. Well, be yeah, no, not something again, like, you know, like I was trying to take in consideration, like, today when you and I were texting, I was like, man, uh, that big old Tom came through and you just said, kind of stay put and lightly call. And I did, and I was just hoping for, for some luck later on and before I had to leave and you know, nothing. So I'm hoping 
that uh, tomorrow could be a day where maybe he could slip up a little bit and I could catch some, catch a break. Uh, I'm definitely going to bring the, the gun tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, you know, go that route for sure. Just because uh, I was kicking myself pretty, pretty good after, after that one today. But yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's definitely been fun. It's been different. It's been challenging. And it's it, uh, but all in all, man, I, I've been having fun. I think Saturday was so awesome just to be there with you, Dimitri, catching, uh, catching that bird off and, and, uh, putting a game plan together and, and we, you, you performed it f uh, flawlessly and it was just fun to, to be there in that moment, just because, you know, when we, all three of us got our, our deer this past year, it was, you know, we we're all separate. And, uh, uh, so that was like a cool thing to just be there together, uh, and, and witness that. So I'm, I'm, hopeful that'd be a, a cool thing that we could do during i think if it's a, a white tail buck i think or though it doesn't really matter if it's just that white tail deer in general uh you know i think that'd be freaking awesome if if i'm there if you can't get one or i get one and you know that's why too i'm really excited for our utah hunt just to kind of go there and be with tim and and see uh see what happens Awesome. Well, that will kind of just wrap everything up. I just wanted to kind of get into your, your hunt, your successful hunt. And, uh, we got, like you said, Dimitri, my, my hunt still to go, your dad's hunt, Mike's still going to be grinding out about everything. And three of us, honestly, just, it means a lot to, to, for your support. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if, if, again, if you like what, what you hear, make sure you, you leave a review. It really helps us out for, for what we're doing and uh you know you guys i appreciate all that you do for us you know as, as a as a whole as an antler up uh so uh we'll catch you on the next one so till next time antler up okay everybody so that wraps up everything for this week's past episode we're looking forward to next week's uh you know i know our our schedule's kind of been off the last two weeks but you know just stick with us we're we're hunting a lot more we're wrapping things up for for work and getting things going so hopefully once uh, things start to slow down just slightly, we'll be able to get back on our normal routine of either at least every Monday. Um, but uh, regardless, we're going to do them each week. We appreciate all your support. Thank you. If you liked what you've heard, make sure you to go on your to leave a positive review. Give that thing a five star. Check us out over on our YouTube channel, Antler Up Outdoors. Our, our website, antlerupoutdoors.com. And then check us out. We also have a Facebook, our Instagram um, you know, if you have anything that you want us to cover, talk about, shoot us a message. If you have a story to share that you want to come on, shoot us a message. Uh, and uh, until next time, antler up. <clears throat> and until next time, antler up.